happy to again be visiting Deutschland, Berlin, in this way, auf diese Weise. <laughs> uh, and I'm happy to be with all of you. Thank you for joining. Uh, as we have just heard from, what is your full name? Karuna... Karuna Shakti, Karuna Shakti Prabhu. We are going to dive into Bhagavad Gita, VZist, in the fourth chapter. So let's begin with some Mangala Charana. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya. Chakshurun militam yena tasmai shigurave nama. Shi chaitanya manobishtam stapitam yena butale. Swayam rupakadamahyam tadati swapadantikam. Vandeham shiguru shi yutta padakamalam shigurun vaishnavangscha. Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Paridana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nivishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyade Shatanine Mancha kalpatarubhyascha, kripa sindhubhya evacha, patitanam bhavanebhyo, vaishnavebhyo, namo nama. He Krishna karana sindhu, dinabandho jagatpate, gopesha gopika kanta, radha kanta, namostute. Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gauravakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Today we're reading from Srimad Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita as it is. 
Bhagavad Gita, wie sie ist. Taka Yakon Yest. Chapter 4, verse number 33. Uh, in a discussion about, we can say them, there are two main themes. One is Yajna and the other is Jnana. And uh, there's been, up to this verse, there's been a kind of overview of different sorts of yajna. And here in this verse, Krishna is going to kind of bring it to a conclusion. Parisamapyate uh, indicates completion. So here's how the verse goes in Sanskrit. Sheyandravya mayat jnana yajna parantapa sarvam karma kilam parta jnane parisamapyate sheyandravya mayat yajna jnana yajna parantapa Sarvam karma kilam parta jnane parisamapyate sheyandravya mayat yajnat jnana yajna parantapa sarvam karma kilam parta jnane parisamapyate sheyandravya mayat Yajnat jnana yajna parantapa sarvam karma kilam parta jnane parisamapyate. Okay, the word meanings, individual words, shreyan, greater, dravyamayat, of material possessions. <clears throat> yajyat, then the sacrifice. Jnana yajyaha, sacrifice in knowledge. Parantapa, o chastiser of the enemy. Mm, literally, o burner of the other. Para, para means other, tapa. You burner of scorcher of the enemy, sometimes translated. Sarvam all karma activities, akilam in totality. Parta, O son of Prita, jnane in knowledge, and parisamapyate end. And then we have Srila Prabhupada's translation and his purport. <clears throat> translation, O chastiser of the enemy. The sacrifice performed in knowledge is better than the mere sacrifice of material possessions. After all, O son of Prita, all sacrifices of work culminate in transcendental knowledge. 
purport the purpose of all sacrifices is to arrive at the status of complete knowledge, then to gain release from material miseries, and ultimately to engage in loving transcendental service to the Supreme Lord Krishna Consciousness. Nonetheless, there is a mystery about all these different activities of sacrifice. We all like mysteries. And one should know this mystery. Sacrifices sometimes take different forms according to the particular faith of the performer. When one's faith reaches the stage of transcendental knowledge, the performer of sacrifices should be considered more advanced than those who simply sacrifice material possessions without such knowledge. For without attainment of knowledge, sacrifices remain on the material platform and bestow no spiritual benefit. No spiritual benefit. Real knowledge culminates in Krishna consciousness, the highest stage of transcendental knowledge. Without the elevation of knowledge, sacrifices are simply material activities. When, however, they are elevated to the level of transcendental knowledge, all such activities enter into the spiritual platform. Depending on differences in consciousness, sacrificial activities are sometimes called karmakanda, fruitive activities, and sometimes jnana-kanda, knowledge in the pursuit of truth. It is better when the end is knowledge, when the aim is knowledge. And so ends Srila Prabhupada's purport to this verse. And I might already now mention, uh, this is coming just one verse before a very famous verse, one of the most famous in the Bhagavad Gita, in which uh, Krishna explains how to really understand all of this. (laughs) Namely, approach uh, the tattva darshis, those who can see tattva, the truth. Okay, the verse again, the translation, O chastiser of the enemy, the sacrifice performed in knowledge is better than the mere sacrifice of material possessions. After all, O son of Prita, all sacrifices of work culminate in transcendental knowledge. Hmm. Uh, First thing I want to do now is uh, reflect a little on this word shreya. Hmm. 
this comes in the this is the first word in the verse shreyan um, it's a comparative there's the word shri and then there's shreya uh, is the comparative better uh, and there's shreshta which is best and the word shreyan or shreya uh, comes in different forms a few times in Bhagavad Gita. So we did a little tricky Veda-based search, and uh, there are more references, but uh, here we have 12 of them. We don't have to go through all of them, but I think a general point to make about this is uh, Krishna is often explaining uh, among different options, one is better. And this is really how Arjuna is posing his some of his most key questions also. What is better? Or uh, sometimes rhetorically, how could it be better? Uh, or it, it is better uh, for me just to uh, give up the battlefield. So let's see, we have in chapter 1, we have this verse. Nacha shreyo nupasyami hatva svajana mahave nakangshe vijayang krishna nacharajang sukhani cha. I do not see how any good can come from killing my own kinsmen. And here the word shreya is translated as good, um, which is a way of translating it. I don't see how any good or how it could be better uh, from how there can be something better from killing my own kinsmen in this battle, nor can I, my dear Krishna, desire any subsequent victory, kingdom, or happiness. So this uh, sort of quandary that Arjuna finds himself in, which is the basis for the whole discussion of Bhagavad Gita, uh, the recognition, I'm, I don't know what is better for me. And so uh, then, of course, famously Krishna, sorry, Arjuna requests uh, Krishna, chapter 2, verse 7, Karpanya dosho pahatasvabhava prichami tong dharma samuda jeta yat shreyasyan nischitang bruhitang me shishyaste ham shadimang tvang prapannam. And a translation. Now I am confused about my duty and I've lost all composure because of miserly weakness, karpanya dosha, I have the fault of being a kripana. In this condition, I'm asking you to tell me for certain, nischitam, nischitam, tell me certainly, shreya, what is better? <clears throat> or it's translated here, what is best for me? Now I am your disciple, Shishyasteham. Mm. 
and a soul surrendered unto you, please instruct me. So that's setting the scene of the Bhagavad Gita. What is better? Uh, please tell me what is, what's the, the better of two options. Because there are two options in the immediate situation of Arjuna, to fight or to not fight. So which is better? Later in the second chapter, Krishna urges, as we all know, urges uh, Arjuna to fight. And again, he uses this word. Uh, verse 31, Svadharma mapicha viksha navikampitam arhasi dharmyadi yudhat shreyonyat kshatriyasya navidyate. Shreyaha. Considering your specific duty as a kshatriya, you should know that there is no better engagement for you than fighting on religious principles, and so there's no need for hesitation. Uh, yeah, dharmyat, he, yudhat, yudhat dharmhat, shreyaha, anyat, uh, na. There is not something else, there's not another uh, activity for you than uh, the dharma of fighting. That's the be- that is the better thing for you to do. Why? Because Swadharma, it's your dharma. <clears throat> uh, and therefore you should not hesitate, be kampitam. You should not <laughs> shake out. Don't get all shook up, we say in English slang. <laughs> Don't be all shook. <laughs> Don't be disturbed. Don't hesitate. Again, uh, it's better, he's saying, for you to fight. In the third chapter, now it's again Arjuna asking what is better. Uh, verse 2. <laughs> Tade kam vadanischitya yena shreyaha aham apnuyam. My intelligence is bewildered by your equivocal instructions. Vyamishrena uh, means mixed up, equivocal instructions my intelligence buddhi mohayasi you have caused my intelligence to be bewildered he's actually accusing Krishna of confusing him mohayasi you've caused confusion tat ekam vada tell me one thing don't tell me two different things. Tell me one thing. Nischitya, uh, definitely. Yena shreyaha, by which the better uh, 
is gained, uh, I will gain the better, the benefit. Um, and there's more. There's more Shreya. Uh, again in chapter 3, verse number 11. Uh, the demigods being pleased by sacrifice will also please you. And thus, by cooperation between men and demigods, prosperity will reign for all. Now here the word Shreya is benediction in the word for word. Um, Paraspara bhavayantaha, pleasing one another, um, benediction, shreyaha will occur, I guess we can say. You will achieve shreya. Uh, Paramshreya, the highest benefit. So that's always the, the aim, the goal is what is better. And we're we're, we're, we're sort of, uh, this is built into all of us, we can say, this looking for what's the better situation, the better solution, the better choice. Uh, there's a whole th area of uh, social psychology called rational choice theory, how we make choices, um, we try to be rational, but often we're not. Perhaps more often not. <laughs> uh, let's see, another one in chapter 3. Is uh, verse 35. Ah, yes. Shreyan svadharma viguna paradharmatsvanushtitat Svadharme nidanam shreyahap paradharmo bhayavaha. Here the word comes twice. Uh, one in the comparative form, shreyan, better, shreyat. Um, and then mm, shreyaha as mm, still as better. It is far better to discharge one's prescribed duties, even though faultily, even though with fault, than another's duties perfectly. Destruction in the course of performing one's own duty is better than engaging in another's duties, for to follow another's path is dangerous. And so it's better to do your duty even if you do it f more uh, with mistakes in a faulty way and in general. It's better to do our duty than another's duty. Um, it's often been said this is one of the expressions of Krishna's conservatism in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna is... Uh, being socially conservative here. <laughs> saying, stay in your position. Um, 
Whatever your duty is, just do it and accept it. And we may think, does that really apply all the time? Uh, well, of course, at the end of the Gita, what is Krishna going to say? Sarva dharma pratyacha. Na dharmam na dharmam shuti gana niruktam kilukuru, as Raghunath Das Goswami says. Don't do good dharma, don't do bad dharma. Just uh, be absorbed in Krishna. Uh, let's see, I think we had one or two more. Chapter 5, um, let's see, what is this? Arjuna Uvacha Sanyasam Karmanam Krishna Punar Yogam Cha Sangshasi Yat Shreya Etayorekam Tanme Bruhi Sunischitam Again, this is the beginning of chapter 5, and again, or still, Krishna is expressing confusion. Uh, and he's a little bit complaining, I would say. Tell me something clearly. Tell me one thing. Tatshreya etayaho. Of these two, ekam. Tell me which one is better. And tell me, sunischitam, tell me definitely. Please tell me definitely. I need to know. Arjuna said, O Krishna, first of all, you asked me to renounce work. And then again, you recommend work with devotion. Now, will you kindly tell me definitely which of the two is more beneficial? what's more beneficial, what's better. And so now, coming back to chapter 4, verse 33, Krishna's telling Arjuna what is better in terms of different kinds of sacrifice. Basically, two categories. He's, he's kind of summing up here. What do we have prior to this? We had all sorts of uh, sacrifices, sacrificing the sense objects into the senses. Uh, we had sacrificing of the ingoing breath into the outgoing breath and the outgoing breath into the ingoing breath. In other words, pranayama. Um, we had, let's see, what did we have? Verse 31. Well, that's summarizing more. Without sacrifice, one can never be happy in this planet. Before this, uh, know the meaning of sacrifice. Okay, what else? Okay, there's a list. Verse 28, we have uh, three or four, at least four kinds. Dravya, yagya, tapo yagya, yoga yagyas, tatapari, svadhyaya, jnana yagyascha, yatayaha, 
sankshitaha, sankshita vrataha. Having accepted strict vows, some become enlightened by sacrificing their possessions. That's what is dravya yagya. Dravya means means things, objects, material objects, material goods, wealth. Dravya yagya. Some become enlightened by sacrificing their possessions, and others by performing severe austerities, tapo-yagna, by practicing the yoga of eightfold mysticism, yoga-yagna, or by studying the Vedas to advance in transcendental knowledge, svadhyaya-jnana-yagna. So what's happening here? Krishna is, in a sense, he's putting all sorts of, let us say, broadly speaking, intentional activity for some kind of result, for some kind of purpose, uh, intentional practices into this one category called yajna. Uh, Why? Because... Uh, the Bhagavad Gita in general, Krishna speaking Bhagavad Gita, is in many ways sort of pointing back to uh, the, we may want to call it the classical, or we may want to say karmakanda, uh, ritual system of the Veda. Um, because it's within that, that context well, one reason we can say is it's within that context that the word karma has meaning. Karma originally meant ritual action. Um, it comes to mean any action, and that's very much what the Gita is about. It's uh, Much of the Gita is about the problem of uh, the being implicated by by action, by any kind of action. But its more sort of specific meaning is ritual action. Now, this is something that we don't relate to much in modern life. <laughs> and especially this word sacrifice. Actually, if we talk about sacrifice nowadays, um, either it makes people cringe or it makes people scream, or it makes people just shake their head and say, what sort of archaic religion are you talking about? And the sort of associations we have with the word sacrifice uh, are generally something quite negative, Uh, and often associated with blood. Uh, We think of animal sacrifice. And indeed, uh, animal sacrifice was going on in the Vedic uh, system, in the Vedic uh, practice. 
And some of the descriptions of animal sacrifice involved or prescribed uh, the killing of quite large numbers of, sac of animals. Um, this is controversial. Um, some argue that, uh, no, this is not at all what it means. But it's kind of hard to argue. The, the, it, it, what's not known is how many people were actually doing these sacrifices. That's just not known, because all we have is the texts. Uh, we don't have any, uh, you know, census, no surveys. But sacrifices were going on. And it's even mentioned, even if we say, well, uh, those animal sacrifices, at some point they became replaced uh, with substitutes. And that's true. That's, that's their... Um, uh, that uh, fruit could be offered instead or grains and so on. But it's interesting that there's a passage in one Vedic text called the Shatapata Brahmana, which goes into extreme detail about um, the Vedic sacrificial rituals and what they were all about and what their origins, specific procedures, what the origins were. And it says there in one passage that um, whether it's killing of an animal or it's offering of a grain, that grain, that is also killing. No matter what is done, however sacrifice is done, it is killing. That's what it says. Ducks. We have ducks outside here now. Um, well, I don't want to go too much into this, but... Um, the study of religion has been... Uh, very much, not so much nowadays, but in earlier uh, decades, a century ago and more, has been very much about the subject of sacrifice because it was noticed that this is something all different religions have in common, is some form of sacrifice. But it's also associated with uh, it's used in everyday language. Uh, we sacrifice time uh, for something, or parents sacrifice their um, their energy, their time, their themselves for their children. For example, um, whenever there's a war and soldiers are killed, then one speaks of the sacrifice of human life for what is supposed to be some higher purpose um, for the country and so on. Uh, so there's, there's, there, there's all these different associations with sacrifice. And coming back to the Gita, Krishna is, he wants to 
stretch the meaning of sacrifice. Uh, not in an artificial way, but he wants to show he wants to show the real meaning of sacrifice. Uh, the real meaning, of course, broadly speaking, we may say sacrifice is about giving up something. Uh, and of course, the whole process of sacrifice that Krishna is leading us to in the Bhagavad Gita is giving up our material misconceptions of ourselves and of the world so that we can give ourselves, our real selves, uh, to the Lord uh, to make the perfect sacrifice, which is a sacrifice in which there is no loss, there is only gain. Rajavidya Rajaguhyam Pavitram Idam Uttamam Pratyak Shavagamam Dharmyam Susukam Gartam Avyayam. There's only joy in this <laughs> in this practice, in this sacrifice. <clears throat> so Krishna's here making a distinction of two categories. One is Dravya Yagya and the other is Jnana Yagya. And now we might ask, well, what could that possibly mean, Jnana Yagya? Does it mean giving up knowledge? I can understand giving up things. I'm throwing grains in the fire or I'm somehow consuming things um, or uh, giving to to Brahman, this is described here. But um, what does that mean, jnana yagya? Well, we got one hint from uh, this verse we just read, verse 28 uh, in the third line, svadhyaya jnana yagyascha. Svadhyaya. <clears throat> Literally one's own meditation, it comes to mean recitation, hopefully with meditation, of one's own uh, scripture, one's own, uh, traditionally one had a, a portion of the Veda for recitation, which one memorized. And eventually there were different groups of Brahmins um, whose whose family name showed how much they knew of the the Veda. Uh, so Vedis and Dvivedis uh, and Trivedi <laughs> and Chaturvedi or Chobe Chaturvedi uh, becomes Chobe in Mathura. I have heard. Uh, the Chobes are supposed to know four Vedas. How many Chobes you'll find who know four Vedas today? I don't know. Uh, but Svadhyaya uh, Jnana, by this recitation, uh, one is 
you can say, mm, sacrificing time and some effort and some attention in that practice of uh, meditation on Veda. So that's one way of understanding jnana yagya. Uh, here in our verse, jnana yagya, uh, sarva, I think how to understand it is in the context of what the result is that's being told here. Uh, what is the result of doing jnana yagya? The result is karma akilam, uh, sarvam akilam karma parisamapyate. It will be finished. Uh, karma and reaction of karma will be uh, will come to an end. Uh, which means the whole problem of material existence is coming to an end. And that's what we want. That's what we're looking for. So jnana is going to be very much celebrated. Um, but let's think now more about this word jnana or jnana. Um, in Bengali, modern Bengali and Hindi, uh, we say jnana, but it's more classically jnana. One interesting thing about this word, uh, I find, is that it has um, a, a linguistic relationship to the Latin word gnosis, or sorry, the Greek word gnosis. Jnana, gnosis. And there was a kind of movement that started in the first century of the Common Era in the uh, ancient Western world, uh, which came to be called Gnosticism. And the Gnostics were interested in, guess what? They were interested in knowledge. <laughs> they were interested in understanding mm, spiritual knowledge. And their emphasis seems to have been on a personal understanding, a personal realization. Uh, we may want to call it self-realization. Um, and unfortunately, I would say, this came into conflict with the Christian church. Uh, the Christian church saw this movement, uh, this vaguely popular movement, but it was also amongst various philosophers, or maybe mainly philosophers. They saw it as a danger. Why was it a danger? Because uh, it they felt it would draw people away from the church, from the ritualism of the church, from, you know, we all get together, we hear some verses, some mantras, we have a ritual, we're all doing the same thing together. It's all about togetherness. It's not about thinking, who am I? <laughs> uh, so they saw it as a danger, and uh, therefore it was declared a heresy. Um, 
it was condemned. Gnosticism was condemned as a heresy, um, as something to be stopped as a danger. Well, here, Krishna in Bhagavad Gita is being very heretical. <laughs> he's God himself, and he's being heretical. Figure that out. Uh, and he's saying, of between ritual and jnana, jnana is more important. It's better. And why is it better, he says in the verse, because by knowledge you'll be able to remove ultimately the, the, the real problem. You're going to be able to solve your problem. What is your problem? Your problem is you are a conditioned soul. You are bound in this world by your karma, by your action. And so, uh, in the end of this chapter, Krishna is going to uh, urge Arjuna to use knowledge as a weapon. Tasmat ajnana sambhutam hritstam jnana asinatmana chitvainam chitva enam sangshayam yogam Atishto tishta parantapa. Therefore, the doubts which have arisen in your heart out of ignorance should be slashed, cut through by the weapon of knowledge. Armed with yoga, O Bharata, stand and fight. So he's going to turn it back. Uh, knowledge is going to be a tool, um, but then mm, what is going to be the general activity that you do? It's going to be yoga. And that will lead into the next chapters, uh, fifth chapter, sixth chapter is very much about meditational yoga uh, and so on. Um, in the fifth chapter, we have some glorification of jnana. Uh, chapter 16, jnana tutada jnanam, yesham nashitam atmana, tesham adityavat jnanam prakashayati tatparam. When, however, one is enlightened with the knowledge by which nescience is destroyed, then his knowledge reveals everything as the sun lights up everything in the daytime. So knowledge is very much associated with light and it has this association also with destroying darkness. Uh, where there is darkness, there's no light. Where there's light, there's no darkness. So where there is jnana, there is no ajnana. And I think this can take us back to um, now we had gnosis, and there's also the English word uh, 
ignorance. Ignorance. Uh, to ignore uh, is to is to act in a way that some object or some reality is not there. To ignore a person, to ignore a fact, uh, some reality, some truth. Um, and that is ignorance. So it suggests also a kind of intentionality. Prabhupada used to say, well, he, <laughs> how many times he would speak about fools and rascals. And one time he said, fool means rascal. <laughs> if someone is a fool, it's because they're a rascal. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a fool. <laughs> and, a, and a rascal means someone is intentionally uh, ignorant. So, so ignorance is to ignore to ignore the truth. So the truth is, I mean, the truth is everywhere we look. Everywhere we look, it's all around us. It's in us. Uh, we are part of the truth. We are part and parcel. We are eternal uh, bits of truth, <laughs> bits of light, sparks of fire. <clears throat> and to... To do anything which leads toward that realization, that we can say is jnana yajna. Um, now, more broadly, we might want to also think of jnana, although Prabhupada almost always translates it as knowledge. Um, the sense in which he's speaking of knowledge would suggest we can also use the English word wisdom uh, or in German Weisheit. Now, this can be confusing because also there's the word Vigyana, uh, which Prabhupada would sometimes translate as wisdom or applied knowledge. Uh, if we think of the two of them together, jnana and vijnana, uh, jnana vijnana sahitam yadyatva moksha se ashubat, uh, Krishna says, I'm going to tell you about both of these, by which ashubat, you'll be freed from all inauspiciousness. Uh, so, uh, what we're looking for certainly is wisdom. Uh, that's what we're after. And that, to, to pursue wisdom, is uh, the whole human enterprise. To, to not just carry around some knowledge, but to have a knowledge by which we act and by which uh, we illuminate ourselves and 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 others. Um, we don't. Nobody wants to be in darkness. We want to be illuminated. 
by knowledge. Um, and this reminds me of a story we were just discussing earlier today um, about how knowledge was lost to the Brahmins in the previous age. Uh, and this story leads to explaining how it is that Srila Vyasadeva uh, appeared. Um, Gotama Rishi, a great sage in the previous age, was very concerned because there was a drought. Uh, there was no rain for a long time. And the whole land was suffering. And what could be done? So Gotama thought, well, let me perform austerity and uh, draw the attention of Lord Brahma and ask for a boon, a blessing. So that's what he did. He performed a great austerity. I mean, there was already so much austerity. There was practically nothing to eat. People were starving. Eventually, Lord Brahma uh, approached him and uh, expressed his satisfaction in Gotama's austerity, and he asked, or he offered a boon. And the boon that Gotama Rishi asked for was the blessing that he would have sufficient grain that he could go on feeding all the Brahmins uh, in the land. Because if the Brahmins were fed, then they would be satisfied. If they're satisfied, then uh, again, uh, the balance of nature will come about and again, there will be rain and everyone will be happy. So he got this blessing and then he invited all the Brahmins and the Brahmins came and stayed with him. Apparently he had a big ashram. I don't know, two-story, three-story building. Skyscraper, go to Marishi ashram. In any case, and he fed them day after day and they stayed with him and everything was very nice. And because the Brahmins were pleased, uh, sure enough, uh, the devas came back into a proper understanding of things to uh, bless the land. And so Indra blessed the land with rain. And again, everything was back to, back to normal. And so the Brahmins were eager to get back to their homes back to their families, back to their communities, and to uh, do their services for their communities. But it would not have been proper for them to uh, simply say, okay, uh, go to Marishi Prabhu, thank you very much, we're leaving now. Uh, they would need to get his permission to leave. Otherwise, it would be considered a great offense. And so they asked him for permission. And Gautama Rishi said, 
if you can just stay a few more days, like uh, this is what Advaita Charya did in the case of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu after he took sannyas, he came to his home and uh, they had a festival for several days and then Mahaprabhu wanted to leave uh, to follow his mother's order to go to Puri and Advaita Charya said, you can go but stay stay a couple more days. <laughs> okay, so couple more days, three more days. So Gautama Rishi was saying, stay a few more. Okay, so they stayed. Again, they asked, can we please have your blessings to go? We need to get back home. Mm, no, no, please, just stay a couple more days. Because Gautama was enjoying their company and he was maybe a little proud that he could, uh, he could provide for them in this way. So this was going on day after day, and the Brahmins were getting nervous. So they had a meeting amongst themselves without Gautama Rishi. They had a meeting, and uh, they, they made a conspiracy. Nowadays, everyone talks about conspiracies. The original conspiracy was done by Brahmins. And what they did was they created a kind of magical cow, illusory cow, and they placed it um, right nearby to Gotama Rishi. And Gotama went to this cow, intrigued by the cow, and he touched the cow. And as soon as he touched the cow, the cow dropped dead. And the Brahmins saw this and they exclaimed, Aho, Bhatta, Aho, Bhatta. Or probably not that. They probably said, Dick, Dick, which is a kind of exclamation, negative exclamation. Um, what a terrible thing. How can we possibly stay uh, in the ashram of a cow killer? Let us go. And so they all up and left immediately, which is, was their purpose. Now they had an excuse. They didn't have to have his blessings. Uh, they had an excuse to go, so they went. After they went, go to Marishi. He's a rishi. He's, he's, he sees how things are. He was able to penetrate through the whole scheme to understand what happened. And at that point, he became angry. Rishis, as powerful as they are, they're actually very, they're like super powerful. They're more powerful than the demigods in many ways. And they sometimes have short tempers. But it's also said that it's the power of the rishis by which this whole universe is maintained, in fact. In any case, Gautama Rishi became angry and cursed the Brahmins. And what was his curse? His curse was that they would lose all their Vedic knowledge. 
And what's a Brahmin without his Vedic knowledge? <laughs> and so, in desperation, uh, they went uh, to the Lord. They all prayed to the Lord. Uh, please help us. And the Lord heard their prayer, and the Lord agreed to appear, Lord Narayan. And it's not every Kali Yuga that Srila Vyasadeva uh, is Lord Narayan. This particular Kali Yuga, this is explained by uh, Srila Jiva Goswami, this particular Kali Yuga uh, is in many ways special. One of them is, uh, of course, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears. The other is that Srila Vyasadeva is Dvaipayana Vyasa and he is none other than Narayana himself. And therefore, uh, his writings, in particular, his writing of the Srimad Bhagavatam is very special. And so we have Jnana Yagya in the form of reading what Srila Vyasadeva has given us. That is a very major substance of our jnana yagya. Hare Krishna. Okay, I think I should stop there, actually. Um, stay tuned for more action in the next verse coming up. Whoever will be lecturing uh, is going to really Mm, it's the punchline of the chapter, you could say. It's, it's, okay, okay, I've got all this, you know, I should do this yagya, that yagya. But how do I know which yagya to do? Tatvidhi pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya. That's how we know. Good. Hare Krishna. I don't see anything yet in the chat box, so be quick and unmute yourselves if you have a question. Um, there is a microphone icon in the bottom left corner of your screen. And uh, maybe if you have a question, then you can just unmute yourselves and speak right away. Hare Krishna. I would like to ask you, in the context of the first sentence of the purport, mm. how can we understand uh, what Rupa Goswami said in Nectar of Devotion, that pure devotional service brings immediate relief from all kinds of material distress? Because it seems that, according to this purport, you can see some material suffering before you start um, your, your devotional service. Okay, let's see. The purport says, the purpose of all sacrifices is to arrive at the status of complete knowledge. Oh yeah, he's giving three stages. So first is complete knowledge, then to gain release from material miseries, and ultimately to engage in loving transcendental service to the Supreme Lord. 
Sri Krishna. Um, and you're speaking about uh, the um, these what is it? Six characteristics, five characteristics, six. Kleshagni Subhada Moksha Lagudakrit. Yes. The word gni uh, from gna destruction um, just means literally in a general sense destruction of Klesha. But it doesn't give us a time frame. <laughs> it may then elaborate on that because uh, it's then explained this is within Vaidhi Bhakti, this is possible. Um, so you're saying, why is it that in this purport it seems like even before devotional service? I would say because uh, all of these are overlapping. Um, it's not... It's not a cut and dried thing. The, the process of sacrifice, it's said elsewhere, cannot be done. No kind of sacrifice can be done without some bhakti, without some engagement in bhakti. Um, none of the processes, yoga, jnana, karma, karma, jnana, yoga, nothing can be done without some presence of bhakti. And so, there is a progression and there is a sense of immediacy. I would put it like that. Um, immediate, you know, the word immediate can, can, have, a, can have various senses. We, t we, we kind of expect it to mean immediate within one second. And of course, that is possible. We understand Prabhupada would say that. You can reach perfection in one second. But immediate can also mean within this lifetime. Uh, considering that we are eternal and we have uh, how many lifetimes. So... Immediate can also mean within this lifetime. Um, most generally, Srila Prabhupada would speak about the gradual nature of devotional service. Gradually, we progress uh, in devotional service. Uh, and we also understand that suffering is there also for devotees, that suffering does not just disappear. But we understand that when it does come, uh, when, we, when we suffer, we try to see that through the lens of bhakti to see that Krishna is behind it. And that is very difficult to understand unless we have a, at least uh, a basic idea that Krishna wants well, he means well for us, that 
um, when we are giving ourselves to Krishna, Krishna is now caring for us. Um, yeah, that's what comes to my mind. <laughs> okay, we have two more questions, actually, two in the waiting queue. And uh, we'll start with uh, Christoph at Ali'i and others. He is uh, not alone. And I can see that he has um, just uh, yeah, requested to ask a question. And after that, we will have Krishna Kata Prabhu. And if uh, anyone else has a question, you can uh, yeah, either type into the chat box or raise your hand with the raise hand feature. So next question comes now. Hare Krishna Okay, that's, Shank <clears throat> that's Shankaracharya, who's all about knowledge. <laughs> he's, he's not about bhakti, that was not his mission. Although uh, he did, it's, this is also Jiva Goswami says that he wrote, or he's uh, identified as the author of uh, a Govindashtakam uh, in praise of Govinda, which uh, alludes to pastimes in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a matter of emphasis. Sometimes, like here in the fourth chapter, we're in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Krishna is, um, he's sort of working his way toward pure bhakti, and at the same time, it's all understood to be bhakti from page, page one. Uh, in chapter four, though, the main emphasis is on jnana. As a tool, again, as a weapon uh, for helping to get to the point where one can eventually do pure devotional service. Again, it's uh, this first verse of the purport. Uh, we want to get to the status of complete knowledge, then release from material miseries, ultimately engage in loving devotional service. And pure devotional service does not depend on knowledge, but we may, we need we need help we need all the help we can get to reach the point where we are fully willing 
you can say, to do pure devotional service. And for that purpose, uh, we do jnana yagya. Now, beyond that, we can also say one who is in engaged in pure devotional service is full of knowledge. That person knows I am eternal servant of Krishna. Um, that person knows I am not this material body. That person knows the difference between spirit and matter and knows and has the wisdom of how to engage matter in Krishna's service. Does that make sense? So I th- we have two more questions, and after these uh, two brief questions, hopefully, yeah. we'll uh, conclude yes. this uh, evening. And uh, the next one is by Krishna Katar Prabhu. Uh, just for your information, he has just recently, this Sunday, on Gora Purnima, been offered first initiation. Congratulations on that. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. As you said, this was kind of conservative and so on. Uh, but for me, it was, uh, I, I could not understand the statement, uh, this was, and I was just trying to avoid this, and like past five or six years, like, let's see, like, okay, just try to ignore. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, uh, you can, uh, I mean, you cannot understand from one perspective, like, okay, why is it, like, okay, if I can perform one duty perfectly, why shouldn't I do it? But on the other side, I cannot challenge the statement of Shastras or even the statements of Krishna. And then uh, I re- had some realizations Maharaj, in the past few years. Like, for example, after due to this corona and so on. And uh, in, in India, for example, I think this statement is more or less has to do with the Varnashrama and that's thing. And if you see, for example, in a barber Maharaj, in India, like, the barber's son, his profession is already fixed. When he's born, he's already fixed. So he need not have to worry about what he has to do in the future and so on. Yeah. Uh, his profession is fixed and he can peacefully go on. Uh, he can pass through his childhood and so on. And then at the right time, he'll take up the profession. So, and then he, but then there's the other thing, like the, the people from other uh, other sections are coming into this profession. And now this guy's kind of jobless now. Right. Now, if we just look at this statement, like, and uh, if, if I see the destruction, the force of performing one's duty is better than engaging in another's duty, and the people from other sections have entered into their profession, and this guy is jobless, and now <laughs> he cannot progress well in his, in his next stages in life because I mean, our life is kind of temporary in this world. So one has to go through the phases, like after childhood, one has to get the career, get married, and so on. And, and turn to the one of the sun, just go on. Like, and now it's kind of obstruction to his life. And there's a disturbance in the social order, and it's completely chaos in the society. Yeah. And then if we just, and then I started to appreciate this verse that, uh, okay, I, so far I couldn't understand it. And this statement has 
okay, these instructions are not valid for this age and so on and so on. Right. Yeah, and the other side kept me appreciate this verse, like, okay, such a beautiful, painful verse. I mean, it doesn't mean that if I cannot understand, it doesn't mean that. Yes. Throw some light on this matter. Whether is it the right uh, uh, thing? I mean, is it the right way to understand this book? Just from my realization. Yes, I think um, I think you've good, given it a good uh, explanation. Um, I would just add uh, another side of it is that there's a kind of basic idea in um, the notion of duty that it, it's a it's a device we can say uh, of higher order by which we can become detached from um, from the ever-changing circumstances. In other words, a duty is something which is, you know, it's the same. It, it, it's something which stays the same. And circumstances are always changing and challenging our, you know, ability to do our service or whatever. So the notion of the sense of duty helps us to overcome material, shifting material circumstances, uh, to go on doing our duty and in this way transcending the circumstances. I always remember when I was a kid, my father told me that uh, he was uh, kind of reprimanded by his uh, immediate superior. He was an officer in the military. And um, I guess one day my father had stayed back from, from his office and the next day he went into his office and, the, you know, the, um, his superior said, where were you? And, and my father said, well, I had a headache, so I didn't come in. Uh, and the superior said, half the world's work is done with a headache. which I'm remembering personally right now because as I speak, I have a headache since the last two days. <laughs> so anyway, um, so it's a way of helping us to um, transcend, yeah, to transcend circumstances. Um, we have a duty and we can say, okay, whatever is going on, this is what I have to do. So, but your point is also very nice. It, it's, you know, it is about social stability and what are you going to do about people become unemployed and so on. Yes, very good. So we have one more question in line. Uh, is that okay for you, Maharaj? Yes, that's fine. Dira Lalita Mataji would like to ask a question. You can speak. Thank you. Thank you. It's okay. I'll survive. 
I don't know how coherent my talk was today because. Well, that's uh, that's answered in the next verse. Tatvid hi pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya. But that's that's the solution. Ultimately, we have to uh, have some guidance, and it's uh, it's personalist philosophy. Krishna's. Uh, guidance to Arjuna, in a sense, it's for all of us, and in some sense, much of it is very general. And that's why we need someone, uh, or more than one, because Krishna says, Tattva Darshina, plural. Uh, it can be, there can be uh, several gurus who guide us. Uh, so that's that's going to be that's going to be sort of the uh, conclusion of this whole section, this whole about yagya. <clears throat> yeah, that's how we do it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Krishna. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything about that. Anyway, maybe the prayers of the prayers and blessings of the Vaishnavas it'll go away. It's so right to share. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much, Maharaj. And thank, thank you. Thank you. All of you who have joined us and who have asked questions and made this lecture even more interesting with your questions and enriched this event. Uh, just a brief reminder, we have just recently shifted our clocks, so if you want to join us next week, it will you have to deduct one hour, 24 minutes from the time you're seeing now on your clock, and that will be, will be the time at which we will be starting next week. So thank you very much to all of you. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Krishna. Good evening and a good night. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Ananta Goti Vaishnavinda ki jai. Berlin Yatra ki jai. Gore Prem and Ande Arrival.